This is the 288 football podcast uh, recapping the fifth week of the NFL. My name is Anthony, and sitting right across from me via Zoom for now, as always, is my pal DeQuincy. Hey, guys. For now is correct because we have been messing around, and um, I guess the best way to put it, Zoom has been messing around with us for about a good 15 minutes. So uh, don't be surprised if this episode is heavily edited later. <laughs> yeah. It's been crazy and on both sides. The mics have been bad. The audio's been crazy. Um, Anthony will be halfway into a sentence, and all of a sudden, his mic will just go out, go out and it sounds like someone speaking through a synthesizer. It's weird, down bad. Zoom is treating us. They would never treat uh, Joe Rogan like this. Never. <laughs> no. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Um... Miserable about the Texans, but uh, hey, at least the Astros are keeping you know keeping my spirits up in terms of Houston sports. But um, that's for another day. It's for another discussion. Uh, how about you? How, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, regular listeners will notice that we had to push this episode back to Friday, and the reason is. Wednesday was my girlfriend's birthday, so we were celebrating, and I was unable to record, of course. And so here we are, Thursday night. Uh, Thursday night football is about to begin, so we're just going to hop on the mic and give y'all some hot bars to listen to this weekend. I hope y'all had a good time. Oh, yeah, great time. Um, she got damn near everything she wanted off her birthday list. And, nice. Um, yeah. One of the one of her presents I wasn't expecting until next week because I ordered it late and I told her, you know, with shipping times being what it is, it mm-hmm. won't be here until next Wednesday. And so I'm at work and she texts me, this package just came from you and the UPS man, he just kind of left it on the floor as a, you know, he just dropped on the floor and <laughs> scared our dog and he started barking. And so I go and I look at the email from um, where I ordered from. It was a... um what's it called an air fryer oven she won oh. for a while yeah and um originally the um the first email i got said that it would be here next wednesday on the 20th and i opened up the the um the uh shipping um track the track the tracking yeah yeah and it showed it said oh no it's gonna be here on wednesday the 13th i was like oh thanks <laughs> they came through for me, UPS. Nice. So yeah, of course we already used it, and um, delicious, delicious food. Excellent. I should go out get an air fryer. She also wants some Crocs. I got those. I don't understand the Croc thing, but you know, not my birthday. I have no say in it. So yeah, we had a great time. It was good, but uh. Back to some football. It's probably a good thing that we did not record on Wednesday because I had some things to say about um, Dave Cully that I'm glad I had an extra 24 hours of sleep on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this, uh, the Texans recap will not be as explosive as originally planned, but don't worry. We got other explosive to- uh, topics to speak of. Oh, yeah. You know it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, let's start with Texans game. Texans um, snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. They end up losing to the New England Patriots 25 to 23. Um, we were texting each other back and forth during this game. And um, if anyone can read these texts, they can see how bad it got as the game <laughs> went on. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, I just, go ahead, man. Just how you feel. Oh, man. I mean, one week it's the offense can't hang. And then the other week, 
Oh, it's real, uh, real quick before the defense. I, before I let you, know, I just want to say this game, this loss felt worse than the Buffalo Bills loss because the Bills loss, you know, it there's bad weather before and they just got their asses kicked from beginning to end. So you're gonna be like, you just say, oh, we didn't deserve to be on the field. That's fine. Blowout losses happen, but a loss like this where you were in control of the game for about. 45 to 50 minutes things losses like this just hurt yeah those yeah those close nail biters i mean you hate to see that happen um and you know this is again this is like this week it was the defense and no it was it was the defense and Okay, so like each week it's something. Like two weeks ago, there's no offense. Last week it's defense and all this. I think the most consistent thing in all of this is the kicking is just terrible. Ooh, are you ready to go there? Let's go there. <laughs> this kicking, this I don't know how this guy, Fairbairn, has been on this team since 2016. He's been with the Texans since 2016. Has missed so many field goals. I just. I just want to read your text messages. Does this kicker have incriminating photos of Kyle McNair? How does this guy keep his job for all these years and all these terrible kicks? And I had no answer for you. I mean, if he just does, if he just does his job, the Texans win. He went one for three on extra points, one for two on field goals, and then kicked the ball out of bounds on the kickoff in the first, which gave the Patriots excellent field for position that's right it was like do we need to um uh what's what i'm looking for do we need to get a hold of your bank accounts <laughs> bill belichick pay you off a little payola going on he that's that's what five points that he cost us that he cost the team on, on sunday yes and I, if I remember correctly didn't the patriots go down the field and get a they get a touchdown or a field goal after that happened after he kicked the ball out of bounds, I'm going to go look it up. I'm pretty sure they got a, a, a touchdown. But um, New England's kicker missed the extra point. It was, you know, Sunday. Yeah, it was kickers could not make a field goal to save their lives. Not to shield Fairbairn from any criticism because mm-hmm. he's been terrible so many times. But Sunday was really bad for kickers in the NFL. Like, I, I couldn't believe how many <laughs> missed field goals were – how many, like, missed field goals happened in the Cincinnati-Green Bay game alone. Like, uh, And going back insane. to Trevor, that kickoff that he kicked out of bounds, the Patriots did score a, touch off, a touchdown on that drive, and that's the drive where their kicker mixed, missed the extra point as well. Right. So, I mean, we're looking at a two-point game essentially. Mm-hmm. One to two point game. If if Nick Folk from the uh, Patriots made his his extra point, their final score was twenty six, and then we we missed. This guy cost us, you know, cost the team five points. Um, more just, than that, if he just kicks a normal kickoff, and you know they yeah. have the ball at the twenty five, or if for some reason the Patriots side to run it off, they get stuffed at like the fifteen or something like that, and the defense holds, they may not get any points on that drive. Mm-hmm. He set them up with, like I said, excellent field position. Yeah, I just, I just don't understand it. So, what was the play of the game to you? Oh man. Um... Uh oh the uh the touchdown from uh Mills to oh man who was that was it uh one second um, was it Chris Conley that made the the touch like near the sideline no that was not the play of the game for me the play of the game was in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. The Texans decided to get too cute and did this fake, not a fake punt play. Did you see this? Where no, oh yeah, oh 
The punter yeah. comes up to he's like 10 yards closer than he should be and it makes it like they're going to fake it and run it and the long snapper still snaps it to the punter. He kicks the ball like he normally would, but he's too close to the line, so he kicks it. Um, that's Cameron Johnson. He kicks it off the back of Terrence Brooks, and the ball literally goes out of bounds for a net gain of zero yards. That's right. The Patriots get the ball to 36. Nick Folds hits a 52-yard field goal, and it cuts the lead from it cuts the lead down to 22 to 12. And I'm not big. I'm not one of those people who believes in momentum because, like, how do you lose momentum? Like, how do you put it in a container and take it to gain the game? But what I do believe it in is the psychological effect that that can have on people. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things where something like that happens and not just the crowd, but also players can be like, oh, crap, what the hell are we doing? And that can bring your team down and stop you because until then, the offense was just flowing. Like yeah. David Mills ended up 21 out of 29, 312 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. A flea flicker <laughs> touchdown pass, by the way. Yeah. With the QBR 81.4, quarterback rating over 140, it was as perfect as a game as I've seen him, um, any quarterback for the Texans play. And the way this team Ever plays. since he shoot, who shall not be named has been suspended. And the way he plays, the way this team plays, this might be his best game he has all season. Because I don't know if you had heard. Did you see about Larry Laramie Tunsil? He's out again, right? Yeah, he uh, tore the UCL and his thumb in the third quarter. Oof. And originally the team and him himself were hoping that he could play through it. Um, he just went through surgery today and he's going to be out for four to six weeks. Wow. And I think I saw a tweet going down the timeline that um, – Ah, uh, what's the quarterback? Is blanking his name. Tyrod. He's not a hundred percent healthy, so it might he even he's available to come off the IR next game. He may not. Right, man. Look, I, I I say this might be the best game he plays all season. I hope it's not because, I mean, obviously you hope there's more games like this because, like you said, it was just as perfect a game that he could have played. Um, but with Tunsil out and uh, just again the the, the like the demoralizing nature of lo- the, of losing this game, like a close game that like you should have won. Um, that like you said, that sometimes hurts more than than a blowout. Oh, it definitely does. If you get blown out of the game, you can just sit here and you can just say, today wasn't our day. It sucked. We just didn't have a chance the entire time. But when you lose close games like this, you're going to be at your locker room thinking about if we had done this or this on that play or we had held them here, we could have won. And that shit will eat at you and fester longer than getting blown out will. Yeah, yeah. Um. I think anybody with any in the sport, any game will tell you that. Like, if I play a game, if I play like Call of Duty and I get my team gets vanquished and wiped out and we never had a chance, like, oh, fuck it. These guys are just better than us. We'll try again. But if we lose like 74 to 75 and you know, we lose by one kill, that shit eats at you longer than, <laughs> than anything. It's like, damn, I had done this, we could have won. So that's probably what's going on in that locker room as we speak. Mm-hmm. Not trying to compare my video game skills to anybody playing football because my <laughs> skills are trizash. Um, and you know, look as demoralizing as that the defeat is, there is you know there was definitely uh, a lot of well, a lot more positives than the last two games at least. Mm-hmm. Mills played very well even with Tunzel going down. Um, the running game wasn't as bad. Still wasn't great. 
Yeah. Philip think- Lindsay didn't lose or didn't rush for negative yardage this time. Um and I and and I was texting you one of the, the first thing I was texting you about on Sunday was that David Cully was finally being aggressive and they converted on fourth down at least three times. I don't know if they I don't know how many uh how many more times they they went for it and how many times they were successful overall but they went exactly 3 for 3. They did go for three, three, three. Okay, perfect. I mean, I like that, man. Again, this is a team. This is a team. This is a season that there's there's no expectations, um, and you have a chance to make it interesting at least. Hmm. Go for it on fourth down, and he did. He did three times, and three out of three. You know, we we made it happen. Yeah, so we had I, I definitely and... liked that, and I hope we see more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had discussion what two weeks ago after they played the Panthers. Yeah, like, don't be cowards. You have nothing to to lose. Mm-hmm. Even if the worst thing happened and you do lose, it actually helps you in the long run because you get a better draft pick for it. Yeah. Somehow, I'm looking at the, uh, the uh, AFC South standings. Houston is only two games out of the division lead. <laughs> They're in second place. Tennessee is three and two. Both Houston and Indianapolis are one and four, and Jacksonville is 0 oh and five. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me go see real quick. I have not checked this in a while. Little tangent. Uh, let's go see if my overreaction prediction about. The uh, what was it? The Giants, the Jets, and the Jaguars. <laughs> so the Jags have zero wins. Giants have one, and the Jets have what? one. So that's yeah, two wins combined. And anyone have? Yeah, the Cardinals are five and zero. Oh. So mm-hmm. so far, that prediction is staying strong. But uh, let's get back off the tangent. Let's talk about David Cutler. You talk about the decisions he made on fourth down going for it. That was at the beginning of the game. When it got late, he turned into that conservative guy that he was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. There was a he had opportunity um to go for a fourth down. I believe it's either third or fourth. In fact, let me go to the play by play. I can tell you. It was in the fourth quarter, it was sorry. Mm-hmm. Fourth and four at New England's thirty-eight. And fourth and a, four, yeah. Fourth okay. and four at New England's thirty-eight. He has a chance to go for it or give Fairbairn an opportunity at a fifty-six-yard field goal, and he made two mistakes in this. First off, he took too much time to make a decision, so he had to burn their first time out of the right. half. And then secondly, he decides to go for it with Fever, a guy who, as we say, has been inconsistent the entire game. And, of course, he misses the field goal kick. The, uh, the Pats get the ball back at their own 46 and drive all the way down for the um, tying touchdown. That made 22 all. Like that's the one time that you need to be aggressive mm-hmm. and not only aggressive, but you need to make a decision faster because even, even if you're like, okay, I'm going to send him out there for the field goal. You, you should not have to burn a timeout because as we saw later, they could have definitely used that. Right. And I want to talk about one more decision. This basically iced the game. And this is probably the biggest fuck up that Cully is going to make all year. So we're in the fourth quarter. The Pats are driving. They score the go-ahead touchdown with a minute 56 in the game. A penalty is called. There's a legal shield penalty. The Texans accept the penalty Mm -hmm. with, I believe, no timeouts. The Pats just run the ball, kill the clock, and then kick the game-winning field goal with about 15 seconds left. If they decline that penalty, let the Pats score, they go up 
seven or six, depending on however Nick Foles is kicking at that particular moment. They, they're going to have about a minute, I would say a minute 50. Well, if it's a touchback, they'll have a full minute 56 or if the guy, yeah, let's say it's a touchback. So they have about two minutes to go in the fourth quarter right. to make a drive down, uh, going down to make a t- uh, the tying touchdown. They didn't go to OT. But the fact that they took that penalty and gave the Patriots time to run the block, run the ball, kill clock, no timeouts left to stop the clock at all. It it just basically ended the game. Yeah, yeah, it, man, it's been so like, it, <laughs> like it's been a few days the, since the game, and I'm and all these plays are coming back. Yeah, they're I'm like, oh my god, that's right. Yeah, so it's like. It's the one time you need your opponent to score so you can get the ball back and have an opportunity and a chance to tie the game. And they just threw that chance away because the old football mentality, oh, there's a penalty on the other team, let's take it no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, is there a chance that they fail going down the field? Of course. David Mills may throw an interception or – you know, turnover or downs or whatever, but at least you would give yourself an opportunity. And and you you put you put that chance in the in the offense's hand, yeah. hands, especially since they've been playing so well today. Exactly. And I, at the time, I was looking at that, and I was like, "Well, this might be this might be the thing that ensures Cully doesn't get a second season with the team because that was so bad and concerned." the other mistakes that he's made in other games is like, I don't want to be that person be like, you don't know what you're doing. You're too old for the game, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you're making a lot of bad mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe there's no one there. No one in his ear tell him, Hey, don't take that penalty and let them score. So we have a chance. It's, Is maddening and frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> That's. I'm still upset, but if we had done this Wednesday, there would have been a def- there would been more screaming. <laughs> right, but no, you had an extra day to kind of cool down. Oh man, if we had done this right after the game. I'd have been like Stephen A. Smith up in here. <laughs> goddamn line. Man. Well, you know, again, let's just see what this week holds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're playing. Who do we have coming up this week? Indianapolis. Okay. Yeah. One in four teams. Let's, uh, you know, technically a winnable game. Mm-hmm. The line is Indianapolis minus 10. Man, let me go to Indianapolis. Where's their defense? Their defense is, I'm looking at Football Outsiders, DVOA. Their defense is ranked 23rd. Guess where the Texans' defense is ranked? 30th? 15th. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Last week, they were 17th, and they got better. They went up to 15. Yeah, I don't man. That Buffalo game. <laughs> like, I wonder what their what the ranking would, would look like without that Buffalo game, you know? Mm-hmm. They're a middle of the pack defense as, as is right now. But yeah, you said what 30th? I, I don't know. I just yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just the pessimistic nature of watching this team, but before I logged on and looked, I was like, okay, they're going to be somewhere between um, 28 and 32. And it's like, nope, middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Now, if only our offense was middle of the pack the whole season, might have some extra wins. That record might be a little bit different. Let's see what the offense DVOA is. 30th. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
again, I wonder what it would look like without that Buffalo game. Mm-hmm. I have no, uh, yeah, no way to see. So, um, yes, sir. I'm trying to uh, try to put it together, but. So you say that David Culley, this will probably be it for him this year. No, I think he'll get a second year. I think they'll pull it together. I don't see the problem is the Texans, the entire upper management is so kooky. You have no idea to expect. Mm-hmm. They could fire him after this year. He could get an extension after his second year. Anything's possible. Right. So what you're saying is there's a good chance he might he might outlast Urban Meyer. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I said before I say again, I think Urban's gone after this year. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this question. Okay. Did you ever think Urban Meyer would outlast John Gruden? I thought John Gruden was Teflon Don. They gave him a 10-year, $100 million contract. I I would have sworn anything on my life, my mama's life, that his, that his ass wasn't going anywhere. And the only thing that could stop him was being a goddamn bigot. I mean, this guy, this guy covered all of his the bases oh we're going do you, do you i got the whole story you want me to I'm, I'm ready i'm ready all right so let's start so last friday the wall street journal broke the news that back in 2011 as a member of espn gruden sent an email to bruce allen who was then the president of the washington football team he sent him an email about demoris smith the um, executive director of the nfl players uh, association mm-hmm and this was during the lockdown. So his feelings about Smith were already going in, were not positive. But what he wrote, Jeez. like, have you seen what he wrote? He he called him Dumboris Smith, D U M B O R I S S. Dumboris Smith has mm-hmm. lips the size of Michelin tires. Now. I'm going to go through point by point. So so we're going to pause right here. I'm going to pause at different points. This is pause number one. First off, that is some excellent homegrown racism. <laughs> yeah. Lips the size of Michelin tires. I've never heard of that. I've never. <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. Bravo, white people. You keep coming up with the right. You, you find the old racism. You put a new a new track on them, some new bars. You flip them. You remix them into, into crazy racism. Or in this case, some new treads. Yeah, new treads on that, on that sizzle. He said he had lips the size of Michelin tires. Jesus. Which is bad enough. Which is, ter- which is terrible. But I also want to talk about something else. You, I want to talk about something that I don't see any like um, news organization talking about. He sent that to Bruce Allen. You do not send racist emails, racist memes to someone who's not open to that. Right. Like, we need to see what the hell Bruce Allen's emails look like. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Bruce Allen and the Washington football team, the only reason this entire email situation came out is because the Washington football team is under investigation for workplace harassment. I don't know if you remember the story that came out in the Washington Post, I think it was about a year or two ago, where they were taking the cheerleaders out of the country to quote-unquote party with some of their wealthier donors and when they would get to these other countries they would literally take the girls passports so they had no way to get back home and basically pat them on the ass and tell them to go have fun Mm -hmm. and then 
once that damn burst, everything came out. Basically, er, from Dan Snyder down, it's just debauchery and a boys club. And because of that, they're having an investigation. These emails got looked into. And the NFL saying that this is all the emails that are coming out and the players associating, like, nah, bro, we got to see the rest of that shit. I mean, might as well. I mean, hey, hey, this is why the league settled with Kaepernick when he sued and was trying to go through discovery. This is why they know they got some wild shit going on in them emails. And it, it probably is nothing like the smoking gun, gun about saying, oh, we don't want Kaepernick in him with his kneeling ass. He can't do anything. There's probably no email like that. But I guarantee you from about, I would say, 30 to 31 teams. We're going to exclude the Jaguars because they're owned by some brown people. But the other team, they have e- people who email just like this with these racist ass tropes. I guarantee it. Yeah. You have to imagine that somebody referred to Kaepernick as like boy or something like that. Yeah. You know, at the at the, <laughs> at, the, that's the, sad. the you're, bit, you're about to say at the best, aren't you? At best. <laughs> at yeah. best, they just hit him with a Toby line. That's the best the best case scenario. Yeah, so, I mean okay. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so the watch the Wall Street Journal, as you do as reporters, they reach out, they speak to um, John Gruden, and let me see if I can find out what he said. Said he didn't remember. Which is like, you don't remember when you sent out that racism? How much racism are you sending, my boy? <laughs> you sending out all the sism, 24-7-365. Boy, he covered it all. As we would find out soon enough. Yeah. So going to and I'm reading what he said. He apologized. He was really sorry. He said he was angry at the time and didn't trust the direction the players who were led by Smith were going. He said, in the past, he's referred, he has referred to people that he believes to be lying as rubber lips, and he took it too far. Yeah, to say the least. Now, in his defense, some of his own players have come out and said they've heard him use the words rubber lips as a term for people who lie. Okay, so some of his players have come out, his former players said that. However, saying someone has rubber lips as a term of lying and saying they have lips the size of Michelin tires are two separate things. Yeah. <sighs> and then, of course, they get the old, I don't have a racial bone in my body. Blah, 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 blah. Of course, standard. Okay. Your, your bones ain't racist. It's your head. You don't right. that shit. And your heart. <laughs> Their bones are like, dude, I'm just holding shit up over here. <laughs> you got to take that upstairs to the brain, bro. Mm-hmm. And of course, what always kills me is when someone says something racist and then they go ask the person who they said, said the racist shit about, they got to be like, well, it's not the first time I heard that, and I just got to stand up and work in corporate America for me, and people look like me, and they take the gracious, gracious route, and I'm like, I'm always like, you gotta grab them out, like, hey, I heard that shit you said, bro. Me be over here off of Kirby and Fifty Nine, and let's scrap this shit. Out. I want <laughs> That's to, it. I want to, you want to talk that shit? Come say that shit to my face, like you get disrespected, and you have to be cordial in your response. I'm like, yeah, fuck that dude. Damn, yeah. It's just, just ridiculous. It's mind-blowing that, that... You gotta grab the mic and be like, if I see that motherfucker, it is on site. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way anybody's gonna take it seriously. Like, at this point, it's like, you're gonna have to throw down. Yeah, I just hate, I just hate like, you get disrespected, and but you have to take the high road. You have mm-hmm. to be the better person. I'm like, I'm... If, I'm so you're within your, you're well within your right to to really let them have it. I'm so sick of black and brown people being disrespected, then have to take the high road because that's the only way they can be respected again. Mm-hmm. It's like someone come come out calls you something nasty, then if you return in style, then 
the other white people are gonna be like, well, you should you shouldn't say that. That's rude. He said he was sorry. Like he called me a nigger, man. I can't curse his ass out, call him a crack ass cracker. What world is this? Right. So, like I said, that story came out on Friday. So you know what happened Saturday. Well, let me ask you this first before we go on. Okay. Fireable offense? Yes. Okay. Continue, please. It's a fireable offense because if you're saying that around the head of a player's union and that union is 90% black, Mm-hmm. You're saying that about the guy who you should have the most respect for because he's the guy who's in charge of everything. If you're saying that race shit about him, what are you saying about the rest of us? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would if I was on if I was the Raiders owner, he'd have been as soon as that came out, I'd be like, bro, you can't be here. And if you were the Raiders owner and you're my friend, we're still friends. I'm calling you up and saying, hey, friend, bro, change that haircut. <laughs> okay. Bro, I'm going bald way before I get that bowl cut Mark <laughs> uh, Mark Davis has. But, yeah, I'm, I'm calling like, bro, you can't be here. You cannot be in control. You cannot be the head coach and be basically with the contract that they gave him, the face of the franchise. You can't yeah. be here lording over all of these black people with the shit that you said. It's just not going to fly. Mm -hmm. Jack saying Walton, you guys to go. But going back, so everything came out on Friday. Saturday, college football kind of washed away. Sunday, that's when every NFL (laughs) show had to talk about it. You had no opportunity. And I got to say, this really annoys me. It's that whole... Well, he said it, but he's never done anything to me, so it's okay. It's fine. It's not his. It's, that's not what's really in his heart. I know him. Like, no, the fuck you do not. Let me understand. I want to give everybody a lesson here. Free game. If anyone you know, a friend, family, coworker, whatever, if they get accused of any kind of racial misconduct or sexual assault anything this is all you guys say i don't know what went on and i'm gonna be quiet until then you ain't gotta come out and defend that motherfucker no no don't be out here defending people and then everything that they're being accused of turns out to be true and now you looking stupid because mm-hmm. you want to defend it Cause you want to say it be like, well, he's never done anything to me. He never did anything in front of me. So I, I, he can't be a rapist. I know his heart. It's like, no, the fuck you do not. Every time you meet somebody, you meet their representative. If you're not around them 24 seven, you, if you're not around them 24 seven, then you just don't know. Yeah. Anybody who meets me the first time, they're going to get the nicest, the pussy they can meet and the, has known me for over a decade so he knows how i get down <laughs> yes he knows i can be a complete jackass because he's here so and there's probably things they don't know about you as well and, and that's fine yeah that's fine we all keep shit hidden so don't be out here defending people when someone could oh well i he he got accused of you know repeating the n-word over and over again and he's writing these insensitive emails what do you know you're his best friend like here's what i can say i ain't never done it i'll know about him Mm -hmm. let me tell you i am not if someone come i don't care who how close a friend you are someone come up to me and tell you oh we uh some woman accused him of sexual assault i'll be like look Whatever happened that night, I don't know what happened. So I'm not going to sit here and act like I know him 100% of the time. Right. So I'm going to shut my ass up and watch it play out. And that that killed me because the only person I saw that actually came out and fought was consistent. That, yeah. Who fought bad about who fought back uh, against that was Randy Moss. And Keyshawn, he was pretty consistent. Oh, and Keyshawn, yeah, Keyshawn Johnson as well. 
But the two dudes I saw do the most talking in defense of John Gruden were Tony, I can forgive all sins except homosexuality, Dungy, and the Italian <laughs> stallion, Mike Tirico. <laughs> you know why we call him the Italian stallion. I don't. You know, Oh, you don't. Okay. So here. So when Mike Tirico was born, his mother told him that his father was an Italian man. You go look at a picture of Mike Tirico right now. You go look at a picture of Mike Tirico, Mike Tirico when he was growing up. That is a black man. <laughs> but he has been running out here telling you that it's me, Mike. And saying he's Italian for his entire life. I so did I, not know that. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, he's been, he believes he's Italian with a hundred percent of his heart and soul. He believes his blood is half uh, Alfredo and half marinara. And I'm like, Mike, it's time to come home, Mike. Wow! <laughs> this yeah, is... you googled it, didn't you? You shocked? Yeah. And I like I, I like his voice on air. Like he's he does a great job as a, a play-by-play caller, mm-hmm. as a broadcaster. But if you if he invited you to dinner and you went over to his house, expected like some good soul food, you're gonna be shocked when that goddamn lasagna comes out. So yeah, they were the ones on Sunday Night Football. Discussing John Gruden, say, oh, uh, what did Tariko say? Tariko's basically, I've worked with this man, and, you know, the things he said, they were abhorrent and terrible, but I don't think that's in his heart. I think it's, it's not that bad. And once you have a group of black men willing to jump out in front of that train and protect you from racism, that means your job is safe. Mm-hmm. And it would have been safe. Let's be honest. It would have. It would have been safe. Except for the fact that more emails came out. And this time, he, like I said, he filled the bingo card. Yeah. Let's see. Let me see what I find. I got New Year's time. Um, Drew's messages were sent to Bruce Allen and others while he was working for ESPN as a color analyst during Monday Night Football. In the emails, Gruden called the league commissioner, Roger Goodell, a F-word, and I'm not going to say, and a clueless anti-football pussy and said that Goodell should not pressure Jeff Fisher, then coach of the Rams, to draft I'm not going to say this word, Q, in reference to Michael Sam, a gay player chosen by the team in 2014. Which I'm glad you didn't because I got to say, I was watching, uh, I wasn't even watching First Take Live on television. I was watching, I watched a clip um, on YouTube and Stephen A dropped, he, he said the, the Q word, he said that word multiple times, quoting Gruden. And is they still didn't censor it on on YouTube? Oh wow! So I got you know. Look, there, you know. That's that's not right either. You know, that's not something that. Just because you're quoting somebody, it doesn't give you that leeway. Like yeah. we're trying to eliminate these words, right? And their usage of them, like I was, I was shocked. I couldn't believe you said it. They didn't bleep it. My thing is, if you're gay, homosexual, and you want to call yourself that, right, you right. want to use the word, you use it as much as you want. You know who ain't going to use it? Me. Right, right. And that's a. It's like someone in in his position should know better and not go there. It's like there's a word I can use that the white people don't can't use, and there's a there are two words right there that gay people can use. I will not touch. Absolutely. Uh, 
That is that is strictly for y'all guys. But yeah, he said that, uh, like I said, in reference to Michael Sam, a player chosen by the uh, the Rams back in 2014. Jeff Fisher popped up on Twitter to say, to he wrote out a um a statement basically like, hey, no one pressured us. We thought he was the best person in the sixth seventh round, seventh round that we can get. We drafted him. There was no league pressure, anything like that. Okay, I'm out. Can't go AA anymore. Love you, bye. And there are other instances of him using, um, what's what I'm looking for? Just sexual harassment with um, not only women in the Washington uh, office, but um, if I remember correctly, he like sent around pictures of the cheerleaders, like either topless or bottomless. Mm-hmm. And so once those emails came out, and wasn't there emails about female referees? Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy covered all. The, he covered it all. Yeah, he uh, criticized Goodell in the league for trying to reduce concussions. And said that Eric Reed, a player who had uh, also kneeled during the play in the national anthem, should be fired and kicked out of the league. He also used homophobic slurs and offensive language to describe owners, coaches, and journalists who cover the league. He went the racism, the sexism, the homophobia. And this was the one guy? No, no, no. And also transphobia because he attacked Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he hit bigot bingo, free space and everything. And Monday morning, he had a job. Monday afternoon, he did not. He resigned. Yeah. He had to resign. And apparently, he will be forfeiting 70% of his contract. So instead of getting that 100 million, he's only going to get 30. Which he'd already gotten, right? Because he, he was in his fourth season, wasn't he? third or fourth season i'm not sure how the contract's gonna work out because because if you resign if i remember correctly you get fired you get the money you resign you don't get the money but i'm a hundred percent sure there is a morality clause somewhere in that contract Mm -hmm. which the raiders lawyers are going over right now with a tooth comb and they would do everything they can to get that money back or as much as the money they can get back. They're going to be more thorough than uh, than the investigators who were going through six hundred fifty thousand emails were yeah. to make sure that that he doesn't get a, a single cent. And but, that is the bigger detail of John Gruden. And oh. the only question I have right now is: Are the rest of those emails coming out? Because I feel like we need to see what the hell Bruce Allen was saying in response to John Green. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. And I thought he was using like ESPN emails like mm-hmm. his from his ESPN account, but apparently it was his private emails. But it was sent to Bruce Allen's corporate email or work yeah. email. Like, that's the, like, look, if you're going to say those things, you know, that's a shame. It's a shame in the first place, mm-hmm. but what the ego to put those in an email and send it to a corporate address, like the ego and just the, the stupidity of it all. It's like, bro, you're just asking. Yeah. You caught. I, I don't even joke with people in email anymore at work, with, through work, like through my work email. Oh, my work email is for talking to vendors, purchasing mm-hmm. items, and planning deliveries, and that's it. <laughs> when, no, yeah. There's nothing personal up in it. Only, the most personal thing I say in my emails is thank you or it's been a pleasure. That's it. <laughs> I'll, I'll help someone out, you know, uh, if, if, if I'm assisting a coworker with a report and they say thank you and send a smiley face, I reply, you are welcome. Mm-hmm. And that is it. Yeah. No emojis, no. Yeah. You remember. It's cold cor- as ice. I'm yeah, cold as ice in those you, things. You remember corporate Kane? This is corporate Quincy. 100%. <laughs> we are business, man. You ain't going to. I am not getting hammed up over my uh, business email. You are out of your goddamn mind. 
yeah, just just unbelievable. Just the arrogance and the ego to pull that off. That's mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, it's probably gonna have a ripple effect. You know that that's it's sad, but maybe it's for the best that you know we're gonna see more of this come out, and uh, we should. And, uh, you know, that's really the only way that, that, you know, real change within the league is going to happen. Yep. All right. That was nice and fired up. Uh, okay. Are you ready to go to the theater? Let's do it. All right. Overreaction theater. I'm buttoning my polo shirt, fixing my collar. Get your top I'm ready to go. And Monaco out of the closet. <laughs> My good cane and everything. Okay. So just like last week, you only have one because that good Gruden discussion took up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So overreaction theater. I know this is watching the um that, I think the Monday night football game against the uh Ravens and the Colts. And uh, the Colts came back. Um good for them but i've noticed something in their games that uh that worry me so i'm just going through their games week one they lost to a decent raiders team 33 to 27 week two they beat the chiefs and no, i know what you're thinking the chiefs they're a afc contender it's a good win mm-hmm. however as of this recording the Chiefs have the worst defense in the league, according to DVOA. Dang. Yeah, it's 32 and it's by a mile. In week three, they need a record 66-yard field goal from Justin Tucker to beat the Lions. I believe have one win right they're, now. They're winless. They are winless? They are. So they need a they need a 66-yard field goal to beat the winless Lions in week three. Week four, they went out there and did the damn thing, completely crushed the Broncos 23-7. to Good win, excellent. And then week five, they were down 25-9 to in the fourth quarter to the Colts before coming back and winning in OT. And I know what you're thinking. They won. And I'm like, yeah, congratulations. But if you're a good team, you are not down 25-9 to in the first place. Right. So here is the overreaction theater of this week. The Ravens are a lucky team, not a good team. And before before anyone starts getting upset, when I say the Ravens, I mean the Ravens, the entire 53-man roster. I'm not just talking about the quarterback, Lamar Jackson. I personally believe Lamar Jackson is a top-five quarterback in the league. I want to make sure everyone who listens to this knows I am not shitting on Jackson. I think he is great. I think everything around him is terrible. I believe they have the most players are on the injured list as we speak. And it shows they're getting extremely lucky. It reminds me of a couple of years ago, the Seattle Seahawks with um, Russell Wilson, where basically he was the whole man, the whole damn show. Right. That's what's going on right now with Lamar Jackson. He's the whole damn show and he's doing excellent things. He's playing. He's great. But the team as a whole, is not good. I think that's completely fair. I mean, he's playing like an MVP. Mm-hmm. At this point of the season, he's probably the front runner. Um, and honestly, that's the only way you're going to be four and one with this defense against these teams. It's like you're, you need one guy that, unfortunately, you need one guy to play like an MVP and carry you. Lamar Jackson is currently eighth in the league in yards. And when I say yards, I don't mean passing yards. I mean rushing yards. He is the whole damn show in Baltimore. He's putting that team on his back. Unfortunately, the team he's putting on his back is not good. I think the Ravens will, will, will falter the fallout. They may luck into one of the wild card games, mm-hmm. but I think even if that happens, they are one and done. I think yeah. this is all smoke and mirrors. This is a mirage. It will not end with a championship 
in uh, Baltimore. I don't think so either. So I, I would give your a grade your uh, overreaction uh, an eight at this point. Yes, 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 yes. I really should write down what you grade these. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, okay. Yeah. And we're going to see how true my overreaction is this upcoming week. Because my game of the week this week is the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Baltimore Ravens. I think, I think the Chargers are the best team in the AFC right now. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. I'm staying with that prediction. Not feeling so good about the Seahawks. But yeah. <laughs> They're certainly playing like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll have, let's see, Chargers versus Ravens, 4 and 1 versus 4 and 1. Two high powered offenses. I just think the Chargers are a better team, a more well rounded team. The only thing that, um, could hold the charges back is um you know how spider-man has that parker luck where anything that can go wrong for him in his civilian life usually does correct that's what the charges have they have that old charges luck where things just go bad for crazy unexplained reasons but mm-hmm. i think this is the year they get past that curse and they're holding up the lambardi trophy i'm i'm going all in los angeles Chargers, super bowl champions i'm man Not not an overreaction either. That's just a legitimate, valid prediction. Yeah, because only a team I see on here that I get paused to would be the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. And that's it, man. I would like the Browns more if um, uh, what's the name? Baker Mayfield wasn't dealing with a shoulder injury. I think it was mm-hmm. a torn labrum, I believe. Yes, his non-throwing shoulder. Yeah. Which he got, which he sustained against the Texans. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's right. He did get hurt. He got, and they got, or he didn't get sacked. He uh, threw an interception and went for a block or tried to make the tackle, and he just got ran over or just collided wrong. Oh, man. That's... Yeah, about there <laughs> doing someone else's job, getting hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah, the Bills are only team that I see is good enough to stand with the Chargers. Like I said, the Browns would be better if uh, Baker wasn't hurt. I don't trust anyone in the AFC South for reasons. And the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. They got that that offense, but their defense is like I said, terrible. I don't know if you saw these pictures going around where like it was pictures of the Chiefs defense and it was like Tyrone um, Matheson just standing there with his arms up in the air as another receiver got deep and scored a touchdown. It was like, it was three of them where he was just doing this like, Hey, oh my God. Yeah. I just don't trust their defense. No, because I'm going with the Chargers. I think they're going to be the Super Bowl. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. It'd be nice. It'd be cool. All right. What's your game of the week, my friend? Man, I'm going back and forth. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we go there, let's talk about your game of the week from this week. That goddamn London game. How dare you, sir? You should be ashamed of yourself. The Jets made it interesting. They were down 20 to 9 in the third quarter. The Jets made it interesting or the Falcons Falcons? Which one is it? Well, Falcons won. Yeah, but did they Falcon it up at the end? They came no, they close. held on. They came close. They let the Jets come back when they were up double digits. That's falconing. But they still held on for the win. And you you told people to get up earlier to watch that game. How dare you? I'm very I'm here's how I dare. Okay. I'm very close to suggesting people get up to watch the Dolphins and Jaguars at 8:30 in the morning, Houston time. It's on CBS. Dolphins and Jaguars from London as well. Because I think that the Jaguars are going to get the win. I think they're, I think they're finally going to. I'm going to come win. over to your house and fight you in front of your parents. How dare you? Do not do this again. But I'm not. I'm not going to. It would be my second pick. But my, my first pick 
is going to be um, the Raiders and Broncos. I want to see how the, the Raiders, how they, you know, are they able to put all the, the nonsense? That's just the, just the, you know, everything that that's been this week, can they put it aside? Can they salvage their season? Which was promising. I mean, they're three and two. Derek Carr's been playing well this season. Um, you know, they've, they've had some, some good wins on Monday night football and, uh, they're still playing in a winnable division. So it's like, can they, you know, let, let's see what they've got. Like, is this team, uh, is this team going to crumble with all the, just the, the ridiculous distractions around them this week, mm-hmm. or are they going to overcome it, come together as a team and say, you know what? We didn't, we don't need that guy anymore. He's not here. He's not a part of this team. We have to move forward and we have to, you know, uh, the goal is always to win no matter who the coach is. So it's like, are we going to, you know, are we going to march forward? You know, and we deal with all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to get questions about it. You're going to have to answer things. You're, you might not say the right thing. You might. Oh, you know, who's got question for it, for it. And we completely skipped over this part. Carl Nassib. Who is gay? Who is the gay uh, defensive end for the for the Las Vegas Raiders? Mm-hmm. He he had a, he took a personal day day, which I completely understand. But uh, how? And this is a, deb- he a winnable. He feels the same way that like his black teammates felt. Like, dude, mm-hmm. is that how you felt about me? Like you said that you accepted me when I came out as gay, but d- was that just for the cameras? Right. Right. Um, I say this is a winnable division, although they are in the division of the Chargers for four and one. But this is a division where it could get close down to the wire. Chargers and Raiders could be going back and forth. This is they still have a chance to make the playoffs. I think is the most. Uh, right now, it's the most um, probable outcome is that they have a very good chance to make the playoffs. And can they overcome it? put it all aside during the game. And then once the game is over, deal with it, mm-hmm. answer the questions, you know. Uh, so that's going to be my, my game of the week. It's a, and it's a division game. It's a division rival game. You know, Broncos are three and two as well. Yeah, I was going to say about this division, this division, like I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the year, we see all four teams go three and three against each other. Mm-hmm. It's very possible. Like you, like I, I said earlier when I talked about the Ravens uh, losing to the Broncos, the Broncos are three and two. So they're not, it's not a terrible team record wise. Mm-hmm. All right. We made it through the whole podcast with no audio issues. Woo. I knew it. I knew we could do it. All right, but, um, sorry. Open back up the Zoom view, view so I can see your handsome face. <laughs> All right. So that's it. We're done with the football podcast. We'll be back. Um, we're going to do a record this weekend. We'll be back on Monday talking about something or other. Because I got two topics in hand that we can talk about. We do baseball. Uh, looking more and more likely that Lance McCullers is not pitching in the ALCS. Right for him? Yeah. Oh, boy. They're saying that if it was regular season, they would just put him on the um, the IL and handle it. But since it's the playoffs, like I wouldn't be surprised if um, when the rosters come out tomorrow or today when you're listening to this, that he's not on the ALCS roster for the Astros. Wow. So we can talk about that and uh, the games in Boston. And also, I want to talk about the uh, uh, DC fandom that's going on this weekend. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Do a little nerding out. So, probably talk about both. Maybe separate, do two podcasts, one big podcast or two mini ones. We'll see. And how time goes. All right, man. Anything else you need to say? 
that's it. Appreciate, for, you know, appreciate all the love and, and listens and always good talking to you, buddy. Pleasure talking to you, my friend, as always. Um, thank you for listening. You know, subscribe, give us a review, all that stuff that every podcast tells you at the beginning and then. <laughs> and, um, you know, just thank you from the bottom of my heart. All right, that's enough sappiness. Let me get to editing. For Anthony, I'm Quincy. Later, babies.